The following sermon is brought to you by New Covenant Community Church, a Bible-based church located on Route 62 east of Johnstown, Ohio. To learn about New Covenant Community Church, visit www.new-covenant.org. Again, that is new-covenant.org. Now, enjoy the message. Good morning, New Covenant Community Church. We're glad that all of you are joining us online, for those of you that are with us now, uh, as well as for those of you that will be joining us later on our YouTube or podcast or however it is that you're listening uh, to this sermon. We are certainly glad that you are here with us. So if you're making yourself comfortable at home, make sure you grab that Bible and have it sitting next to you with your cup of coffee and whatever it is that you have. And uh, we're glad that you're here. We look forward to getting into God's Word again with you this week. Uh, just a couple announcements that I'll make before we get right into the meat and potatoes of this morning uh, is please remember the Love Your Neighbor campaign. If you were uh, logging in earlier, you saw this being looped uh, before the live stream that you're watching right now. And uh, this Love Your Neighbor campaign is simply our effort to love our community, to love our actual neighbors uh, by checking on them, calling them, making sure that if they are uh, sick, if they have a cold and they don't have any family or friends that are able to make grocery store runs for them, we want to be the church. We want to be the hands and feet in Jesus, of Jesus in that. And uh, so direct them. If you cannot care for them yourself, please direct them to call the church and we will ensure that they are taken care of well. Another thing I'll mention is our uh, Wednesday night connect meetings. Uh, for those of you that joined in last Wednesday evening at 7 p.m., thank you. We had a good time. And uh, we're simply gathering online via Zoom uh, so that we can see each other's faces and share some prayer requests, pray together, and have a short Bible devotion and stay as connected as we can uh, through these unprecedented, very unique times. Uh, if you did not receive the invite to that Connect meeting for Wednesday night in your email, uh, email us and we'll make sure that you have all the information that you need. So email church at new-covenant.org. That's church at new-covenant.org. The last announcement that I'll make is uh, to simply pray for Easter. Uh, Easter for churches all over this world is really a big question mark. Not whether or not Jesus has uh, been ri risen from the grave, whether or not that has happened. That much is true. Uh, but how we celebrate Easter remains to be a very large question mark. So please pray for our church. Please pray for the church for Jesus' bride uh, as we celebrate that day. However that happens, we're going to trust that it's a God-glorifying day, whether it's online or in person, regardless of how that is. So please uh, stay vigilant to, your, to the website, to your email, to our social media platforms, simply so that you can stay informed about the different things that we'll be sharing as we progress further through these interesting times. So if you have your Bible, please go to Second uh, Chronicles chapter 20 second chronicles chapter 20 i'll give you a moment to get there and as you're going there i would like to mention uh, just a couple things that i feel like the lord has put on my heart and i know many pastors and preachers are, and, and christians for that matter are dealing with which with is which is simply what is god doing in these times what's the purpose what's the meaning behind these interesting times that you and I are both experiencing. Uh, and, and I'll mention two things, I think, that really are elevated out of God's Word 
to show us potentially what it is that God is doing. Uh, We know, like the prophet Isaiah said, that as high above the heavens are above the earth, so is God's understanding and ways above our understanding and ways. So it would be foolish of me or any of us to say that we know exactly what it is in its fullness that God is doing. But we do have God's Word. We do have the Bible. And I think first, potentially, possibly, what it is that God is doing and using this whole unprecedented time with this coronavirus issue is that it is indeed a sign that we are progressing towards the return of Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 24, we read, it says, Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. So first and foremost, church, I think that's one thing that we could say is potentially what God is using, using these times, using these difficult, challenging times to show us that we are nearing the return of Jesus Christ, a time when, that no one knows, but a time that we are indeed progressing towards. The other thing that I would say is that we could say that perhaps what we are experiencing in our culture and in our world is a sign of God's judgment. Now hear me out on this. There are certainly exceptions to this that when people are stricken with disease and trials, it's not always a sign of God's judgment. We think of Job and his great suffering and in his great trials. That was not an expressing of God's judgment. That was rather to show us all the wonderful realities of God that we know through the book of Job. I think of the blind man in John chapter 9. A man that was born blind, and his disciples said to Jesus, they said, Jesus, why was this man born blind? Was it his his sin, or was it his parents' sin? And Jesus said it was neither his parents nor his sin, but that the works of God might be revealed in him. But what I will say, church, is although there are exceptions that we know of both in the Old and the New Testament, the biblical pattern that we see, the pattern, the rhythm of Scripture that we see, is that when there is widespread disease or pestilence, as the Bible calls it, is that most of the time it is expressing judgment, God expressing judgment upon humankind for the purpose of calling people back to Himself. This is not our verse for today, but in 2 Chronicles 7, verses 13 through 14, we read and it says, When I shut up, this is God speaking, He says, When I shut up heaven, And there is no rain, or I command the locust to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. So church, last week we discussed about how 
I believe this time is very much God's invitation to you and me to be the church, to be salt and light, to be the hands and feet of Jesus in a time like we have never possibly experienced, I know in my lifetime, a very unique invitation that God has given to all of us to be the church, for sure. But what I would also say is that what we know of Scripture and what we know very likely what God is doing in these times is that God is calling out to people. He's drawing people unto Himself. He's giving an invitation to the wicked people that have rebelled against Him to come unto Him. And the cold key on this is that when God's people would humble themselves and pray and seek the Lord, that it's not too late for God to redeem a people that have forgotten about him that have rebelled against him it's not too late for god to heal a land it's not too late for god to heal america of the great sins that we collectively are guilty of uh, so in your homes i, pr I hope that you would uh, join me in praying that you would quiet all distractions and join me in praying uh, father these are these are humbling times, God. God, none of us, weeks before this pandemic, as it is called, uh, no one saw this coming. God, we strive so hard to make life comfortable, to make life predictable. But Father, you are, in, you are above all these things. Your sovereignty melts all of our efforts to try and make life predictable. And God, we're here humble today. This is humbling, God. Churches all over this nation, all over this world, sitting empty as we, we're grateful, God, that we can join online and do the things that we're doing. But this is humbling, God. So I pray that you'd guide us. Forgive us, God. Forgive your church. Of, of our sins, of our presumptuous sins, the things that we go on unnoticing, the sins that are, are attacking and plaguing our lives, God. Make us, make us like you, Jesus. And God, let us see your work. Let us see your hand in a time like this like we have never experienced before. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So, I hope you have your Bibles to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Uh, if you had a Jeep and you were to get in that Jeep and go on an African safari to see animals, you would see elephants and lions and zebras, among a plethora of many other types of animals. And one of the animals that you would likely see is the African impala. Now, the African impala is a small deer-like creature, and they're quite amazing in that they have an amazing ability to jump and to bound and to leap. Standing on all four feet flat-footed, they can jump easily 10 feet in the air. While they're moving across the land, they can bound and effortless, effortlessly bound 30 feet with each, with each very easy jump. It's almost as if they're flying. It's just so effortless as they just move across the African plain with each bound like this and it's quite interesting you'll scratch your head because you go to the zoo to see the african impala and you'll see that these amazing animals that have this wonderful ability to jump and to leap they're contained by a two and a half foot brick wall 
at the zoo, and you wonder to yourself, why in the world are these animals contained in such a way? The reason is, is because the African Impala does not like to jump when it can't see where its feet will land. Certainly, they have the power within their bodies to jump and to jump freely and very effortlessly, but when they cannot see where their feet will land, it stifles them. Uh, you and me have been placed into a culture, into a time, through the days in which we live, where we cannot see where our feet will land. And for many of us, it has stifled us. And certainly, we praise God that His Word gives us not one example, but many examples of people who were taken through similar circumstances where there were circumstances in life that they did not foresee. Two weeks prior, they could have never foreseen any of these things coming, and the unforeseen things come, and then they're forced into this aerial leap where they cannot see where their feet will land, which is where you and I reside, by the way. And we get to see from Scripture what it was that people did and how God dealt with mankind in that leap as they trust the Lord. Second Chronicles chapter 20 in verse 3, we read of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, if you know your Bibles, he was one of the few good kings in the Old Testament. He loved the Lord, he feared him, and things were going pretty well in the kingdom for him until somebody came to him and said that way over yonder there's the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the people of Mount Seir, and they're all coming to take your kingdom and to destroy you and your people. And in verse 3, we read what happens after that. And it says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God, our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham your friend forever? And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary and for your name saying, if disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before the temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And now, here are the people of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession which you get, have given us to inherit. O oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Now all Judah, with their little ones and their wives and their children, stood before the Lord. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite, the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all you Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, 
Do not be afraid, nor dismayed because of the great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Zeis, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Church, if you're in your homes, hopefully you listened to all that and you listened closely. What I'd like to preach this morning for just a few moments are on the topic of position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. We don't know what's going to happen in the weeks ahead. These are uncertain times. We, like Jehoshaphat, have been thrown into this aerial leap, and like the African Apollo, we don't like to jump when we can't see where our feet will land. We don't know what's going to happen, but like it or not, we don't have the privilege of being able to stay inside and never do anything. We will be forced through the future, and we will not know where our feet will land, and we must trust the Lord, be it signs of Christ's return, or be it God's judgment that He's expressing on our world right now. The best I know how to do is to see the people in Scripture that God used and used mightily and the people that, that threw themselves on the mercy of God. And we see what happened after this great display of God speaking through this prophet and God saying, you will not fight this battle, this battle is the Lord. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Now look to verse 18, and this was Jehoshaphat's response as well as the people. Verse 18, And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kothalites and the children of the Korathites stood up to praise the Lord of Israel with voices loud and high. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Teokah, and they went out. Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, and he appointed those who should sing to the Lord, and who should praise the beauty of holiness, as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. So when Judah came to the place Overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there were the dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. So in case you zoned out in all of that reading, church, recap, let me recap very briefly here what has happened. Jehoshaphat is the king, and things are going well until he's launched into this place where he, don't, he will not see where his feet will land this very uncertain time. Someone comes to him and says there's a multitude of, Ammon, of the Ammonites, the Moabites, and the people of Mount Seir, potentially millions, church, millions of soldiers coming to destroy Jehoshaphat and his people. 
and he threw himself upon the mercy of God. He says, God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are fixed on you. And then God, an amazing, miraculous, wonderful event of him speaking through the prophet, tells him that this battle is not his, but it's of the Lord. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Josephat is, is obedient. He, he sets the people up in order. They go out to battle just like God had told them to. And they're brought up to this place overlooking the wilderness. Kind of the picture we have in our mind is a beautiful place overlooking. And way over yonder, they see these hillsides with, with just millions of dead soldiers that had, had, got, had, had caused them to turn on one another. And they're standing there dead. He told them to position themselves, to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Now, I believe, church, that it was no accident, that it was no accident that God called them to position themselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord in the particular order that He gave them those marching orders, those commands that He gave His people to do. The first thing He told Jehoshaphat was to position yourselves. This for Jehoshaphat would have meant that he took all of his soldiers and got them in battle formation. Now this was no small task. This was not simply Jehoshaphat waving the wand and saying, go get ready for battle. No, all of these hundreds of soldiers, thousands of soldiers that would have been underneath his rule would have had to been ordered in line in the proper ranks and the proper order, standing next to the person that was equal weight and size to you with the proper weapons and the proper place to stand. This was a big to-do to have this positioning yourself, getting ready for battle. And God said to go do it. Go position yourself for battle even though they had no reason to fear even though they knew that god would fight for them even though they knew that this thing that caused fear that was coming across the lands to destroy them could be and would be absolutely crushed under god's mighty hand they had no reason to fear they still went out and positioned themselves positioning one's self as you will has to do with doing what you can do martin luther said quote pray like everything depends on god Work like everything depends on you. Positioning oneself has to do with what we can do. So what does that mean for you and I as being launched into these uncertain times, not being able to see where our feet will land, which is nobody's favorite place and feeling to have? What do we do? It means that we can do, we do what we can do. We take health precautions in these times. The same reason that we're joining online right now and not all here together is the same reason that I wear a motorcycle helmet when I ride a motorcycle. The same reason that I snap my seatbelt on when I get behind the wheel of a car. We take precautions and do what we can do. We stay prayed up in these times. Have you read your Bible, church? Have you prayed in your homes? Have you worshipped the Lord? This building, there's, this building is not the only place that you can worship. Not just this house, but your house. Have you sung with your voice to the Lord to worship and to praise Him? Have you given of your time and your resources? Have you been generous like we are commanded to do as Christians? We do what we can do. We position ourselves, church. Are you ready, church? Have you positioned yourself for Christ's return? Have you positioned yourself, should that be his purpose? Or should his purpose be that he's expressing judgment on this world to call people unto himself? Or have you positioned yourself for that? 
I don't know about you, but when this whole thing started weeks ago and there were all these rumors about the state being shut down and you couldn't go out and, and do the things you're doing and all these places of employment shutting down and people losing their jobs, Abby and I decided then, we said to ourselves, we're going to make decisions now that a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now, when we're old and gray, sitting in rocking chairs, we're going to look back on this year of 2020 and say, we positioned ourselves in this crisis in this uncertain time we're going to throw ourselves on god's mercy but when god says position yourself we will do what we can do the second thing that god told jehoshaphat and his people to do was to stand still and if you were all here this morning i would have you all repeat me to say stand still if you're in your living room say those words out loud with your mouth say the words stand still verse 24 looking back to our scripture that we already read it says so when judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness they looked toward the multitude and there were that they were with dead bodies fallen on the earth no one had escaped so they're ready they positioned themselves God leads them up to this high place overlooking the wilderness. I don't know if you've ever seen, you've ever been up to a high cliff or a high mountain where it overlooks the wilderness. It's a beautiful place. It's a peaceful place. It's, it's a place where you can breathe fresh air. And there they are seeing their enemy that was destroyed. Standing still. They're standing still on this place. Standing still, church, has to do with what only God can do. Standing still only has to do with what God can do. Once Joseph, Jehoshaphat had sought the Lord and appointed praisers and singers to go before, to worship the Lord before this, and they positioned the army and they had everything ready, the command then was to stand still. So for us today, church, in these uncertain times, once we have taken precautions, once we've taken care of our neighbors, once we've prayed, once we've read God's word, once we've witnessed, once we've given, once we've done all these things, once we've worshiped the Lord in our homes and prayed to him and humbled ourselves, once we've done those things, then the command is to stand still. There's a great verse in psalm 46 verse the first part of verse 10 that i think every believer and it'd be a great opportunity for you this day to memorize this verse and write it on the tablet of your heart it simply says be still and know that i am god be still and know that he is god church make no mistake church once we have done what we can and then we stand still god will do what he will do with this world God will do what He will do. He will deal justly with this world, with America, with wicked politicians, with those who butcher babies in the womb, with those who spit on the face of God by, by mocking the design that He has, His perfect design for marriage, liars and thieves and drunks and those who love violence. God will have His way with all those people who trample on the Son of God underfoot. We are to position ourselves and then to stand still not making light of positioning ourselves. We do what we can do, but then we stand still and trust that God will do what He says He will do in His perfect timing. Can I just tell you, church, there is nothing, there is nothing that you could do worse in these times than to worry and watch the news and panic some people, some people in our culture today, some quote-unquote Christians, 
They watch the news and they wring their hands as if God has somehow fallen off the throne of heaven and they're as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. They have, they're just they're panicked. Church, stand still. Be still. He is the Lord. Be still. Know that He is God. The news was never meant to be watched. It was meant to be checked, church. And some of you would do very well if you would turn off the news. Check it, don't watch it. We position ourselves, we stand still, and the third command that He gave, the third marching order that God gave to His people, was see the salvation of the Lord. Romans 8 and 28, a verse that many of us know very well. And we know that all things work together for the good, for the good of those who love God to those who are called according to His purposes. Church, can I just tell you that I'm looking. I, I position myself, I'm standing still, and I think any believer that has done those things, they can start opening their eyes and look to see how God is using this and using this in a mighty and powerful way. Something I shared, if you were not present with us during our Wednesday night Connect meeting via Zoom, uh, one of the things I mentioned was that when I leave the church and I go home, for these past several days, I've been taking the back road simply because it brings so much joy to me as I drive past these country homes. And the yards that I see that are normally empty now have moms and dads playing with their children. It's amazing what, what wonderful things are coming out of this. Yes, this is a terrible disease. Yes, it's terrible. It's humbling that we have to meet in this way and I have to preach to a room that's completely empty right now. Yes, these times are difficult and different and challenging. But can I just tell you that God is able to redeem those things. See the salvation of the Lord. Yes, we're in an uncertain time. We can't see where our feet will land. Jehoshaphat knew that potentially millions of soldiers were coming to overtake him and his people. And God is saying, once you've positioned yourself, once you've stood still, open your eyes and see the salvation of the Lord. And can I just tell you, church, if one person, if God has used this whole time in our culture, this time in our world with this whole coronavirus deal, if He has used this to call one person out of darkness, if one person has repented, this all would be worth it. And yes, I mean all of it would be worth it. God is redeeming these things. In verse 25, if you look to your Bibles, when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, the spoil of the millions of dead soldiers on the hillside, they found among them an abundance of valuables on their dead bodies and precious jewelry which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. And they were there three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. So the thing that God had done, the salvation that He had brought about, the, there, were, there were precious pieces that came off of the work that God had done. Can I just tell you, church, that there will be precious pieces that come off of this time these uncertain times in which we live there will be precious pieces some of our families have already been the recipients of the precious pieces of getting to spend more time with our children 
getting to guide them and to love them. Some dads have discipled their children for the first time ever. Can I just tell you, church, that's a precious thing that has come off of the work of God. The salvation of the Lord is being seen all over this globe. Just this past week, I was on the phone with many different pastors in the Columbus area, and many of them, like us, are being able to say, we're reaching people, we're going online, we're doing drive-in services, we're reaching people that would have never, ever walked through the doors of our church, and God is using this thing to draw people unto himself god is still in the business of saving people this whole uncertain time coronavirus deal that we're walking through together as a church and as a culture that we're experiencing all around us god is redeeming precious pieces off of this mess church so let us join him in his work let us love one another love our neighbors let us praise and worship god in our homes let us actually sing with our voice boxes to the lord in our homes why that's not commonplace in christians homes is 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 bad and wrong and disturbing but we need to be praisers and worshipers of god it says that god set ambushes against the enemies of jehoshaphat and his people when jehoshaphat and the people started singing the praises of god So I don't know about you, but I've already made up my mind. I'm going to position myself. I'm going to do what I can do. I'm going to keep my family safe. I'm going to take precautions. I'm going to be careful. And then I'm going to stand still. And can I just tell you, church, especially for those of you that do not have a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior, standing still is a sweet thing. It's a relaxing thing. Once we positioned ourselves and we do what we can do standing still, there is no greater place of peace and rest. There's no reason for the Christian to worry. We position ourselves and then we stand still. We trust Him. And lastly, we see the salvation of the Lord. And I don't know about you, but my eyes are open to it. My eyes are open to what God is doing, be it signs of His return. Be it that He is expressing judgment upon our world. My eyes are open to see what my loving, gracious, powerful, compassionate Savior is doing in our world today. Let's join together wherever it is that you are, be it the live stream, be it YouTube later, or a podcast. Join me in praying right now. Jesus, You are a Redeemer. You are the Prince of Peace. You take what is broken and you make it whole. You take what is sick and you make it healthy. You take what is worthless and you make it of great value. So Father, these times are not wasted. These hours are not wasted. These interesting, sometimes weird humbling not knowing where our feet will land god these are times that you will redeem and use greatly for your kingdom so father let us not fear let us position ourselves let us stand and let us see the salvation that you and only you can bring out of this time these ashes these struggles We'll trust you for it each and every step of the way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you today.
as your home, loving your families. Uh, please remember to worship the Lord through giving. That's something that Abby and I have decided that we will continue doing in these uncertain times, is that we will honor the Lord with all that we have. So I would ask you to join us in doing the same. If you'd like to be part of the Wednesday Connect group online, please email the church, church at new-covenant.org, and we'd be glad to get you the information that you need to be a part of that Wednesday night fellowship. It's a great time. We certainly hope to see you all there. The Lord bless you today as you spend time with your families. See you Wednesday. If not Wednesday, we'll see you next week. God bless you.